Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is an episode that I have never ever done before. I am not gonna lie, I'm feeling a bit like nervous, anxiousness, excitedness, if that's even like a few words. But this is a really, really good friend of mine who we have been speaking about doing this episode for so long and we just never got around to doing it. And I have no idea how it's going to turn out, but I just know it's going to be a very insightful and I think like a different angle to the podcast, which I haven't done before. So welcome, Joppo, to the podcast. Hello. I remember the uh, the the actual birth of this idea um for the listeners you can you can imagine imagine what you want to imagine but imagine a tropical location uh right in the middle of northampton um <laughs> an airbnb the size of the playboy mansion uh if it was a uh, 10% of that size um and it was actually in a hot tub uh, jasmine herself was in this hot tub her her wonderful husband was also in this hot tub. Um, Mr. BW, Animalistic, was also in this hot tub. And I think I said to Jazz, I said, Jazz, I'd love to interview you for your own podcast. <laughs> and uh, four months on, it brings us uh, to today. Four months, that's bad, isn't it? Yeah, we were, we were, we were taking, uh, we, we took our long, uh, long ass time to uh, actually get it organised. Um, but I think the last time we were together, we, we officiated, um and then I'm going to hold Holly to this as well, because she actually said if I could do the same for her. So Holly, if you're listening, um, yes, I will do the same for yours. Love it. So I'm going to literally hand it over to Joppa. And it feels weird, so strange to hand over the hosting <laughs> ability for our own podcast. But we're here for it. And I know you're just like the king of asking like the best questions in the world. <laughs> you're probably going to make me look awful. And I'm here for it. I'm loving you. <laughs> I just I hear voices and then I'm like, oh, what can I ask next? What can I ask next? What can I ask next? Um, I'm trying to be more introspective, but each and each day. Um, so I'm going to try and be as introspective as I possibly can be. Um, I'm going to draw the line all the way back to essentially what was your initial purpose of training? So I know for me, uh, my goals were definitely aesthetically driven. And over time, it's probably drifted into performance base or even I'd say now at the grand old age of, of 26, I am I am getting on a bit. Um, I think uh, I'm more focused on like the longevity and, and health of my body. Um, but also there's still that aesthetic sort of driven mindset there, too. So essentially, what was your initial goal when you started training slash tracking food uh, and how much has that changed over time as you've become a competitor interesting okay so some of the listeners might know some part of this story but for me I remember like always feeling very like self-conscious and insecure about my body Mm. about my weight my height was a big insecurity block um because I think like when you're taller than everyone else you naturally look bigger than everyone else you well. have you 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 I'd say you have like a grander presence, don't you? Because because essentially you are, whether it be longer than someone in, in height or wider than someone if you're your bigger body weight or whatever it may be. So I can totally see why you may feel that you stand out beyond someone who is maybe like five foot seven. Yeah, because I was always the tallest. Like I'm not kidding you. Every single year, the school photo, I was the center back. I didn't even <laughs> think twice. I just went straight to the. I was like, I know, I where, I know where I'm going. 
Like I'm when, when, when you say centre back, I'm imagining you on a football field, literally in the in the line of defence, wearing the number five shirt for England with your hair tied up. Jasmine Jeffrey at centre back. That was me too. Like any time there was like a different, like like um with netball or basketball, I was always just a defender. Like they just saw my heart. Like, yeah, you know where you're going, mate. Just go. You know, it's cool. They're like, okay, so we're going to do a fun game of like let's put everyone in order. I'm like, this is boring. I know where I go. Like it was just yeah. It was great fun. Um, so yeah, training for me was like my hips were always a bit of a bugger. Um, I grew very quickly, so mm. my ligaments basically didn't catch up with my joints, which caused a lot of problems. And I was I was very weak around that area. So like, I still have it a bit now, but like I have I had very badly like knock knees when I was a kid. So my knees would basically turn inwards when I walked. I kind of walked as if like I was bending in. Um, so that was like. like a- it- extreme like valgus of the knees so like knees sort of like in coming in together and like touching near enough literally so like that was a massive like bullying thing as well um a lot really oh massively i got bullied for the way i walked it's, that's crazy to me that it i mean don't get me wrong there's probably you know people bullies bully someone for anything but i just couldn't imagine like well i can now imagine now you said it someone someone literally using the way someone walks as as like a mechanism of bullying but that's mad i didn't know that yeah it's crazy so like it all kind of stemmed from that and i had real bad problems with my hips i wasn't very sporty um and then i like i tried the gym when i was like 14 for a little okay bit, yeah um just to kind of like get a bit more comfortable like i don't know get more comfortable with my own skin and then i stopped because i was in a relationship where like it he was it wasn't the most like I guess supportive. He didn't mm. want you, he's the sort of boyfriend that didn't want you to like wear anything silly or didn't want you to go to the gym because you know guys would be there, like all that weird stuff. So basically, yeah. so sure, I went to uni. Um, still with these insecurities. Um, kind of like staying running around. I couldn't even wear heels. I couldn't really run. I was in quite a lot of pain when I was like walking, going upstairs, like just general stuff was just like it felt harder because of my hips. So training yeah. for me was a real combination of still feeling very insecure in myself, feeling very anxious, just, yeah, like very low self-confidence and just wanting to like not be in pain and actually feel like within myself, like, do you know what? Like I'm not going to sit here and have anxiety about walking in public, about the way I walk. Yeah. So yeah. for me, the way I saw I could fix that would be to start training so it was very much like body weight lunges like body weight everything pretty much just to get myself a bit more mobile and then after yeah. that I thought right I can I want to run on the treadmill for five minutes that's all I want to do so I went around the treadmill for five minutes and I was like oh my god like I can't tell you the most euphoric moment I had <laughs> when I um the guy I was with the time we were, we were like we we're basically I still was like getting new into the gym or whatever we're in Birmingham, New Street State train station. And there was a train that we were meant to be catching. And we basically had three minutes to get, like five minutes to get there. And it was right. the of the station. And then like the boyfriend at the time just went, well, yeah, we're, we're definitely not getting it. And I went, fuck it. And I literally, it's like, <laughs> I legged it. It was the first time I ever like, fully ran with like that high impact without feeling yeah. fear. And like, it's so stupid, but the euphoric feeling I had of running to that train, to that other side of the train station, or not feeling like I was going to fall over. My hips felt strong. Like, yes, my cardio was shocking, but just the feeling of being able to run 
and get the train I actually like sat, I got on the never train and just started crying with like happiness. I was like, oh my really? God, I just did. Like, yeah, I was like, oh my God, I managed to run. My hips weren't in pain. Like I'm able, I could, like, I could do it. And that yeah. sounds so, so, so like silly, but that was such a euphoria like moment for me. And then after that, I was like, right, okay. This massive problem that I used to have, like, isn't really there anymore. Like what's the next goal? And the boyfriend at the time was like into bodybuilding and stuff. And I remember coming across this. She's a very OG bikini competitor, which is called like Amanda Latona. And okay. I remember looking at her and thinking, like, it, yes, the body, don't you know, the body was like insane, but it was like her confidence that like mm. I was really intrigued by. And like, I was like, right, I have this thing with public speaking, going on stage. That's a big thing still. So I kind of saw training and competing as another way to kind of, as I challenge myself and see, you know, what can I push my limit to? So that's where training then transcended into, okay, so I'll train for a show to then hopefully tackle this issue that I have with public speaking stuff and being on stage and someone yeah. watching me walk. Like my first ever show was body power for fuck's sake. Like, cause I thought- What year would this have been? And how old were you at the time? I would have been 20, 21 I would have been 21 okay. um and then yeah it was May 20, yeah 2016 I want to say 2016 I don't know why I'm saying 2016 or 2015 um okay so, yeah. well I actually you know I actually went to body power in 2015 so that could have been a, a weird crossover of events um if you Jasmine's going to get it up right now for, you won't be able to see the the visuals but uh Jasmine is searching yeah. upon her phone um were you it was 2015 it was 2015. I remember going to body. This was like peak level of YouTube, Gymshark, vlogger admiration. So people, um, who was I really heavily into at the time? Someone like uh, Alex Fitness or, or I, think, I don't know his, his second name. Yeah, that, that, that guy, I was super into him. Um, and I, I remember the big thing being like, oh my God. And this like was pre-Alpha Leap being such a, a big thing that it is now. I was like, I want to meet Christian Guzman uh, and I want to meet his girlfriend. Oh, I have to get a photo. And I remember I didn't get a photo with them and I was like distraught. Oh. And I was like, oh, I'm just left with these poxy protein bars that I got for free. <laughs> <laughs> Did not get to meet Christian Guzman. My life is over. Um, were you, you were at uni at, at that time then at the same time, right? Yeah. And yeah. you were, what did you, when you initially competed, what would you say was number one, the the best thing to come out of that first competitive season? Uh, but also what was the worst thing to come out of that first competitive season? Um, the best thing for me was like, I remember the, the, this, the way that this body power show happened, you had to audition. Mm, oh really yeah this is bad because it was a proper like modeling style one so you had to you had to get through an audition and I remember doing going to an audition in Leeds I think it was like March or April time no it was April and right. uh, I actually got told no I actually got told no um but they had to do like and obviously my physique like wasn't great I was still okay. like I wasn't lead, like you know I looked so out of place with all these other people that had done it all this, this time but I remember talking to the, you had like a, 
model bit they had to do this walk and it's kind of like a physique round and then you had to do like a talking bit where like like an interview it was okay. an interview where I started chatting to like obviously the panel and one of the women who ran it live around like very really close to me and I was like oh no like, so we, I just started talking about like all that sort of stuff yeah um, and then it was at the end that she's they basically said no but Renee was like I, I I really like you as a person there's something about you that is really cool like she really like warm to me um yeah she's like I want you to come back in a month's time and try and audition again and just like she didn't say it awfully but she's saying you, you need you know imagine off season Jasmine yeah. Yeah. auditioning for like a show like it was I yeah. just I look so out of place but, but to put to put that into perspective and I think I'm I think I've said this before to, to you and I've definitely said it to to Kerry and I hope Kerry's listening to this is your both of your off-season conditions or, or shape to the average person who is not a competitor is going to look at you and think holy shit that person looks really good like it's, it's the average joe who doesn't train or even trains a little bit but but doesn't compete at all and doesn't have that sort of competitive athlete in them sees you on the beach in your off-season condition they're going to think holy shit that person looks amazing because even in off-season as a competitor you still have more muscle than the average person. You're probably still a, a healthy enough body fat um, than the average person who perhaps doesn't train. So it, it's it's a weird thing, I think, that you can introspectively look at because you're in your head are always going to compare yourself to the condition that you were on stage because that essentially in your mind is like the peak of you. Um, but like when you get into off season, it's very easy to be like, oh, God, I've, I've gotten so fat since I was on stage and I, I don't look good like I did then. I but in reality, like you were saying there, like you're, you were probably off season jazz in a competitive situation. Okay. So this is, this is the, and would how many weeks out would this have been, or would have this been like near the competition itself? Like two, three weeks. Really? That's, but isn't that interesting though, to see that the journey you as a competitor have been on since that time to be like, okay, this is how I looked two to three weeks out from my first ever competition and how you probably looked two to three weeks out now is, that's crazy. Fit Factor Body Power 2015. Get it up on YouTube, people. It It was brilliant because like, I remember the, the second audition I had to go to was at Body Power HQ. Like, oh, really? Yeah, at Body Power HQ. We had to do the same thing physique, interview thing, whatever. Um, and I'm going to be honest, I think they just suggested me because they wanted more numbers there. But I couldn't yeah. give a crap. Did not give a crap. I was like, this is <laughs> great. I have no idea what I'm doing. This is all good fun. Um, but yeah, I just remember, obviously, I didn't, when I did Body Power, didn't get, they had, like, Saturday was round one and you had to get round to round two. Obviously, yeah. round to round two, but I just didn't get, like, <laughs> I just generally did not get. How, how soon after that time frame, so let's say May 2015, how soon after that did you did you meet Joe? Because that was through, obviously, your both of you being into training, right? Did you go to the same gym or something? Is that the right story? Yeah, we your... met at the gym. So that we met in 2016. So that was literally like six months later. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. And and that was because you had you were going to the same gym in the same area? Yeah. 
Right. Okay. Okay. Got you. That's mental. And you've been to together pretty much ever since. Pretty much. My God. Did you did you compete in 2016 as well? So like the next year? No, you didn't. No. So my next show after that was 2017. Right. Okay. And was Joe? Did you have a different coach at that time? Joe yeah. wasn't coaching. Yes, yeah, so he wasn't. He wasn't Joe. It was um. It was just it was someone else. Um. So yeah, I did that show in 2017. Again, it was not anywhere near where I should have been. Right. I was definitely better. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we got first call out, which was great. And then I did boom, boom, happy days. Boom. I was just like, oh my god, I got first call out. What? What? This is mad. I was like, oh my god, oh my god. So I knew I got like fourth or fifth. So I was like buzzing my tits off. I thought it was great. Yeah. This is going to be, okay, so this is going to be quite a pressing question. So you can answer this as uh, going straight in with your honest answer, or you can like dance around the answer if you're very unsure about the question. Um, Competitive jazz or or competitive jazz, um, obviously, I don't know when this will come out, but you just released a video on the PC site about doing a secret prep and things like that um for anyone listening who isn't subscribed you can subscribe for i believe it is now 9.99 um which is about two coffees from starbucks per month so ditch the two coffees and subscribe um (laughs) do you think you'll have many seasons left in you um beyond your next one or current one i should say i really don't know Mm. i think about this a lot because I was speaking to Kerry Sexton about this. I was like, there's not many of us that are like kind of still around from work when we first came into the industry. The only people that I really know that are still kind of there is Tony, but we didn't meet yep. last year, Kerry and Holly, like everyone else that we kind of had this group of all kind of like gone their separate ways or done their own thing or just whatever. Yeah. So it's such an interesting question because I, I, I was like, the question kind of came into my head like my last season it's coming this year but like I just don't know like yeah I think it just I don't know is, is it, a, I, I definitely don't know I think it's okay to not know because I think it's also like okay to understand that you could go into this one do extremely well as I'm sure you will do and come out of it like holy shit yeah let's go again in two years let's do that i'm so pumped after that one you could also go into this do extremely well and think you know what i've accomplished everything that i want to accomplish like i miss i miss an off-plan meal i miss a date night like whatever it may be and again that's all right as well because i think i was having this conversation also with with holly and i said do you think you have like many competitive seasons left in you after your next one um, and she was like, I really don't know, because I enjoy going out for food and, and I enjoy like that process and, and that sort of intimate setting with someone and the nature of just going out, having a meal and not tracking that meal or, or, or having breakfast at yours that, you know, me and Kerry cook on a Sunday morning, like without tracking it. Like I understand is especially as someone who has not competed, but has been really extreme with tracking in the past that something as simple as not measuring and, and just eating a meal uh, and not worrying too much about the macro content of that meal can be really freeing and almost open you up to am i missing out on something by not doing that for the rest of my life and being so rigid for six months out of the 12 months so i think it's okay to not know 
the answer to that question because I think it's okay to understand that it could be very much result dependent. It could be very much love of the game that may continue to grow. It may continue to dwindle. You don't know. It's going to be ever evolving the emotions, motive side of bodybuilding. I'm sure. I know. Obviously, Joe, your your hubby, plans to compete this year for the first time. Um, so that would be super, super interesting because he's never competed, right? It's funny. He's done so many harsh preps, but never actually. Yeah. It's because of COVID and all this crazy stuff, which is actually hilarious. And like, quickly going back on what you mentioned about like the untracked, like off-plan meals, untracked meals or anything like that. Like, yeah. that is something that I, in the off-season, I actually do quite a lot. So, like, I kind of, if I'm kind of feeling it, that I need to just have like an untracked day or I just like, as not, I feel like I can switch off pretty well. Like even yeah. if people like throughout the week I'll invite me out somewhere, like I'll just take one meal out, kind of guess it, but won't track it and won't go like I won't try and accommodate or like do you yeah. know what I mean? I'll just accept, you know what? That's like, like that's probably give shoot me over five hundred calories today, but I'm not fussed and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna t- like restrict myself the next day just because I bloody went out for some Nando's. Like so Which is good, yeah. So I feel like I've got in my off season last, well, the past two off seasons I've had, like, I think I've definitely got into like a better like flow of it. And I think understanding like, you know, having like untracked training sessions or untracked meals or untracked days, like it doesn't actually put, it, it's not, it's not, put, I don't feel like it's, yeah, probably in a bodybuilding sense, like it sets you back, but like, I don't see it that way. I just see it's like, I just, I just need a break. And I know yeah. that if I don't have that break, then it's like, it just, I've found personally that it ends up doing more damage later on because you I think have- I think you touched upon something really interesting there though, and I'm gonna add add two things from that sort of conversation. Just when you said about like physically from a bodybuilding point of view, yeah, it may not be optimal and get see it sets you back two to three days. But I think from like a psychological point of view and looking at maybe stress management um, and sort of your relationship with food, depending on obviously what time of your off season you're in and not say immediately post prep where, where hunger is a bit skew with. I think the psychological benefits that you could gain from from that may trump the potential negative physical feedback that you'd get from like a really, say, highly caloric off plan meal or, or whatever it may be. Um, but I do think that, I mean, I know for me personally, I don't know about, about you because I know you and Joe, um, just through speaking to him and yourself, like you used to have like a, is it like a Friday night? You'd have like a, a untracked meal together, um, you know, cookie dealer, pizza or homemade burgers, whatever it may be. Do you, especially at this point in prep being so deep, do you look at that part of your or last year and be like, you know what? Like, I do really miss that. That was such a, a nice thing to look forward to on a Friday night. Um, yeah, but we're st- it's funny because I think we had those Friday nights great, but and obviously Joe isn't here at the moment. But we've got yeah. a really good routine lately of like every single night we sit down yeah. at the same time, eat our last meal and watch TV. And don't yeah. know why it's not pizza and like no. <laughs> but it's actually spending more time together than probably what we would have done with yeah. our plan. Um and I, and I think both of you being in a in a situation where you are are prepping towards a goal, I imagine 
there's that understanding of, especially when body fat's low, uh, just having that company to enjoy your last meal with is probably quite nice to look forward to on, on a daily basis. It's funny, like, I've, I've spoken about this in a different podcast, but like, there's two people in this world on diets, right? On, on prep. Yeah. There's like the ones that have, I guess, like, they just have no emotion. And then there's the ones that have all the emotion. Even when I'm like preppy as hell, I just want to hug. Like, I just yeah. want to hug. Like, you know I mean? some people are like get the fuck off me i'm just like i want to cut off i get really needy so like yeah it's funny like i don't know like i do yeah i miss like the more, more food and like whatever but yeah i think the... i think i understand now that like it it's it will come at some point so it's yeah just, well so, i guess that's the 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 magic of the off-season routine that you've built though like you're able to like you said comfortably in an off-season phase enjoy an untracked meal so perhaps in your head you're thinking well even if I do prep again I know I can have my off-season enjoy my off-season and then if I decide to prep again great because I've had that relaxation through off-season that I potentially don't need to have year round whereas some people might be like you know what I, I don't want to be doing the six months on six months off or whatever because i want a year of having an off-plan meal once a week or whatever it is and i do think that especially when you've tracked food for so long you can also gain this sort of like i mean i'm very much like it like food is quite like a social thing for me um and i remember having this conversation with joe the last time we were at yours and talking about like potentially ever doing a, a prep and things like that and I think my answer was like, I think I'd only ever do one, just do one prep, one show, be done with it, say that I've done it, it, it enjoy every moment that comes with it, you know, the restriction, the steps, the, the probably emotional roller coaster that I go on because I'm quite an emotive person anyway, um, just for the appreciation of, you know what, and I think you've mentioned this many times before, like, you're choosing to do this, like, you don't have to compete, you don't have to go through that level of, of low food and things like that and you can just decide to switch off if you wanted to but you're doing it because you have that appreciation and love for the sport which you've built a business on as well essentially like compact as a as you often say is, is a one-stop shop for all your competing needs uh, well how did that come off your tongue so perfectly and when i try and say it i just go do you know what i was i was thinking this is i was thinking about this in the car on the way home yesterday and i always remember uh, Joe on Carbscast would say something like, Compaq is a blah, 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 blah. And I couldn't remember what the phrase was. And I was listening to this podcast and he used the phrase, and it was Chris Williamson, which I've been listening to, uh, I think his podcast called Modern Wisdom. And uh, he used the phrase one-stop shop. And I was like, oh my God, that's it. <laughs> and I was like, that's what Compaq's called, a one-stop shop. And then, uh, yeah, and that pretty much like, sparked me to to throw that in there right there because uh I had to had to get the plug in when it is as well when you mentioned about like off-plan meals and social occasions and all this sort of thing I think it's weird because my friends when I meet up with them we don't like they I think they kind of just like assume and they just don't ever ask me to go out for a free related thing they always wait for me to instigate that now yeah they just don't and obviously like I would never like expect them to know where my food is like whether I'm in off season whether I'm whether I, whether I can eat this or not so like they always kind of just wait for me to like I kind of put make that step forward like do you want to go out for food I'll kind of yeah. say and yeah. I think that's easier because I think it's it's wrong to assume that your friends and family like 
know like what's going yeah, on yeah absolutely like, i think with my friends now like we generally just we meet up for like a coffee or we go for drinks like so yeah we just, i don't feel like i miss out too much like and even like i've said to you like with this prep i was pretty much macro tracking until um joe dropped the hammer and i do think oh, that kind of, yeah let's drop the hammer so i do think <laughs> like doing it that way it's been nice for me because I've been able to integrate so many things and it's just not really not really yeah me. I think I think me and uh me and me and Brad both both said this to you like uh, and probably everyone else in sort of our friendship circle uh or group uh, is that you did such a good job leading up to the point where you you're now on it on a meal plan aren't you that you we spoke about earlier you've done such a good job just getting to a, a point where you've essentially got to x amount of weeks out just literally winging it meal by meal and having a rough idea of your protein and caloric goal for the day. Like I remember the last time I saw you, I picked you up a, a Mars bar and a protein bar from Tesco, <laughs> you know, and it was so, so like you just popping me a message like, Hey, Jopper, can you grab me a protein bar and Mars bar? And, um, I think I, I was with Brad Carey and Holly when we, when we walked to Tesco and, um, Holly was like, she's done so well with this whole macro tracking thing. And uh, I, I was about to do Holly's Irish accent then, but I didn't want to butcher it. Um, but yeah, and, and it's so true. She's so right with that because you have got to <laughs> such a good point condition wise, literally having no plan um, for each individual meal that you have. Like again, like that same day, um, I think you had some salad and some like low fat um, chips and, and a protein sauce. And I was like, you're doing such a good job with this whole flexible thing. <laughs> was you in the kitchen when I accidentally poured 23 grams of honey on my core? I was not in the kitchen for this Oh, moment. my God. So, like, I, I was literally just, like, chatting away, blah, 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 like, talking. I was like, right, I need five grams. And suddenly just, like, mm. like all this honey just went on my core. And I just looked at it. No. Everyone, everyone looked at me expecting to have a meltdown. I just looked at it and went, well, it looks like I'm having 23 grams of honey today then, guys. <laughs> 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 that sacrifice you have to make as well like I, you know i mean i've got dates in my in my meal because i very much like a meal plan um and, I, and when joe sets me a meal plan and i think he must know how much i love dates because when i got a food bump last time he increased my calories in the form of like just eating dates compared to berries and i was like oh my god dates are in the plan like i'm not just swapping them out now <laughs> i actually get 70 grams of dates um but but it's like now i have like one day out of the fridge and i'll be like oh god i gotta remember to like track that in and i track it and it's like 25 calories and i'm like god damn for one date because like appetite's still pretty high like post dieting phase and i'm like oh god i gotta stop snacking on these dates <laughs> but yeah it's, it's, it's been good like it's Going into a meal plan like does feel a bit weird. Um, and like we had to make some changes because I said to Joe, I was like, okay, this is like too much savory, and it was actually making yeah. my food focus and everything made like, start to skyrocket. Yeah. Like, right, we need to. I said, like, I need a sweet in the morning, sweet in the evening. I was like, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Are you on four or five meals a, a day at the moment? Five. And five, and are they like sweet? Then like three savories back to back, and then a sweet. Okay, yeah. what what is a what is your typical uh, sweet meal? Is it like a sludge and fruit or something? Literally sludge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even like when Joe's been, Joe's been um, doing almond butter and I had a refeed, I had two day refeed a few days ago and I actually tried to do it with calories and like 
I actually said to Joe, I was like, you know what? I think we like next time you give me a refi at the moment, like just give me the meal plan, which is easier. But it did highlight that the almond butter actually like I could give and take it. I'd much rather switch that out for chocolate. So it's like, yeah, it's just having that confidence to be like, this meal plan isn't working for me. And like, I, I haven't told Joe yet because it's just he's in Ohio and whatever. But yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to switch out like the almond butter for dark chocolate because I'm just like, I don't like I can give or take almond butter. I don't give a crap. Yeah. Yeah. When I had the chocolate on refeed, I was like, okay, I'm missing this. Like, I need it back in. Um, are, are you are you going to jump back on the on the Mossa Roth Aldi hype? I never that... Aldi Mossa Roth. Really? Oh, that's like my go. I mean, I, I always shop at Aldi, so that's kind of why it's my go-to. But they do the individually wrapped bars, which are actually 25 grams. So um, you don't have to weigh it out. It's just quite convenient. And that's <laughs> why I go for it. But off season wise, they're good. But when like I'm only having maybe like twelve point five grams, I'm just like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And you'd rather have, I guess, the the crunch of like a twelve point five grams of chocolate than you would say twelve point five grams of almond butter. That makes that makes total sense. If you were, I'm gonna give you like two options here, but I kind of want you to cover them both. If you were, if you were gonna basically build your ideal day whether they be in prep and both off season. So I'm going to, I'm going to want two answers from you, Jazz. Um, what would be your ideal day from wake until bedtime, uh, both in an off season phase and a dieting phase, obviously knowing how you operate in both. And obviously the off season phase can just be like you going to Texas in December, uh, which at the time you didn't track like over in Texas. Did you, you cause you, I remember you saying like you enjoyed that as if it was like, your holiday you know you you, you took time away from tracking and so i guess your your location of off season could be absolutely anywhere in the world um so sort of throw over to me and everyone listening what your ideal day would be uh in an off season phase um it's difficult because right now like it sounds silly an ideal day for me right now as i'm in prep in this precise moment being so close to show, it sounds really boring just being at home. Like, yeah. I, um, I was saying this to someone um, a few weeks ago. I've never been someone on prep where, like, I really need, I need my routine. Like, I need everything the same way. It's like, I feel like, because I'm getting closer to show, and I do feel like condition-wise, we're having to push. I am finding, like, prep right now, my ideal, like, day would be just to do everything I need to do, be at home and then have enough time to spend with like during the evening and stuff and kind of, I don't know, like go through the motions. Whereas an ideal prep day for me, maybe when I'm like 12 weeks out or 14 weeks out would be probably like totally different. Like I'd go out, like, cause I was, I've been going out, seeing friends, like staying social and kind of doing all those sorts of things. So it's, it's because yeah, right now, my ideal prep day would be a day that it's not raining. So I don't yeah. know. <laughs> when I do my steps, I'm not going to be pissing it down with rain. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one with the prep day one. I think the what, what you've mentioned there about being at home, like really like rings true, though. And I, I know for me, like personally in a dieting phase, like I think the leaner you get, the almost like more comfortable you get being just at home because like your food scales are there 
your all your food is there like you don't have any sort of like oh god that muffin in the starbucks looks tasty um you know you know what you're eating and and then for you you've got your training facility at home as well so it's almost like everything you need to get through a day of prep is at home so yeah. i guess it almost makes total sense for you to be like you know what just being at home and just fucking getting whatever i need to get done is the perfect prep day for me yeah whereas like 12 weeks out when i was still macro tracking like that wouldn't i would be bothered like i'd I'd happy like pop in pop out like do you know I mean like do loads like in my day yeah i think like off season this sounds like oh god i'm gonna sound like i'm not a bodybuilder but in <laughs> off season is actually having a day that i'm not training yeah okay yeah 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 um, but i think i think that's cool i th- i think and um again Ho- holly brought this up last time we, we were with you and it was like i think when perhaps you first start training and you first get into like the the really i don't want to say addictive nature but you know you know when you like when you miss a day of training and you perhaps used to feel like really guilty and it's like fuck i'm gonna especially in like a deficit you're like i've ruined a day of fat loss I think like the longer time goes on, you almost appreciate rest days. Like I didn't train today and I feel awesome. Like I went for a morning walk. I went for a, a coffee at my local coffee shop, um, extra shot cappuccino, which Jazz be having in her off season. Um, and it was quite nice because I just, even though I love training and I love what training provides me with mentally and physically, I think just having a bit of a rest from it is lovely. Yeah, like I love. I know some people like kind of dread a deload, but I've, I I bloody love a deload. I get yeah. my together on a deload. I yeah. honestly, I finished the deload with like everything work wise is pretty much nailed. House is in order. I'm like on top of things. I've caught up with friends. Like I feel yeah. like balance is restored after a deload. <laughs> like mentally, physically, I feel ready to like go again as well. So like I yeah. love. Thing. I just I think they're great they just like okay I'm not going to train what what how can I fill that time and then I always yeah. find a way to fill it in that time with what I need to do um saying that like the last deload obviously that was pretty sick with when we went to Thailand so that was like oh the best yeah. I, I really want to try it's really difficult when like with with the dogs and obviously like our businesses as well like trying to find time in our schedules so we can actually go away and holiday and travel and like that's yeah. I do love traveling so much. Like that's yeah. the thing I've always wanted. Like I do when I was like younger and stuff. Um, so yeah, I, in an ideal situation, it would be an off season ideal day would be going somewhere or doing something in, which is completely out of the ordinary, whether that's like vacation yeah. and that sort of stuff. And just exploring sort of the nature of that that new location and what it has to offer. Yeah. yeah. Have you, um, when you were in Thailand, did you have like, uh, for the time you were there, did you and Joe have like an ideal day while you were over there? Like, did you be like, okay, we love training at this time. We we love going for breakfast together at this time. And was there sort of any routine that, because even on holiday, I'm quite a creature of habit, like I'll almost unintentionally form a routine yeah. that I enjoy. Did you both have that while you were over there? Yeah, so like Joe still wanted to like train and stuff because he felt like, and I I kind of felt good with that as well. So yeah, we it's funny, Joe. Um, so we'd start with like breakfast. Oh no, we go for a walk around the block, um, and then we go for breakfast. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm like I'm the sort of person that will eat way more like at breakfast, and then I'll just eat much first a day. Whereas Joe's okay. the opposite. So I'm sitting there with like my pancakes and whatever else. <laughs> Joe's just looking at me, and I'm just like. 
bitch, please. I'm like, I, I want my, bre- I want my breakfast, and I don't mind like having whatever else. So yeah, we'd have our breakfast, and then um, we'd kind of like do like some like what I call piss take training, but it was good fun. Right. And then we'd go out and like go and do something, but then we'd have like I think our lunch was like literally chicken skewers and like some fresh fruit, which was like perfect. yeah, which was like a light meal, and then the evening, like have like a proper meal again but like I'd probably have like a little bit I probably I probably would do the same thing actually just like protein and then some yeah. bread, maybe some carbs or wanted it but it was sound like yeah yeah I I, I remember Joe Joe saying when that my doorbell's just going absolutely crazy I believe that's actually my protein being delivered so I shouldn't no. be too no no, no no Kate Katie Katie's on Katie's on door I can hear her moving thank oh. you honey thanks <laughs> um that's my that's my bueno protein arrived because i thought i'd mix up flavors um i had a a similar setup i'd say to joe in thailand too like i would go protein veg maybe like a tiny bit of carbs and then lunch just protein only and then just like do big load of sushi in the evening but this year with waking up earlier I've, i've done more of what you do and that's the the eating a lot of my calories earlier on in the day actually going to bed on like minimal food um and I actually say it works a lot better for me have you always done that have you always been like uh especially when you're on holiday or even not on holiday have you opted to eat more in the earlier parts of the day compared to the later oh yeah like in my off season my food would be like 2000 I'm sorry I can't remember how much it was say for example <laughs> it was like 2900 calories okay I do, I do want to say that it was around that mark because I do remember you mentioning it. I think so. I don't know. Maybe but like I 28. Eat, I, would 28 much, I would much, I would eat like a thousand calories at breakfast. Easy. Yeah. Uh, is, is, would, would that be in like, um, like a, a heavy core meal or just like a general like pick, pick along with some protein? Mm, I think it was a core meal and then I'd like have some bread. Mm, have some bread. Knowing Jasmine Jeffrey, it was soaring. Probably, probably. <laughs> what gave you that idea? But yeah, maybe. It was um. I I, I say the Soreen thing because I remember when we celebrated Joe's birthday, which oh, yeah. was abs- absolutely incredible. Jasmine Jeffrey bought me some uh some Soreen uh when I was feeling a bit low the morning after to to, to bring me back to life. <laughs> I remember get because that was the, the day after was like um it was I think Joe was giving me a refeed. And I'm like, yeah, I remember Emma didn't have much in her house, but she had some saurinas. And I was like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and give Joe some, <laughs> Joppo some saurine in the morning. <laughs> I don't know why my head went there. But yeah, that's, this is exactly what Joppo wants on a Sunday morning. Just like a it, it was good. It brought me it brought me back to life a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> is um, I've actually, my next question, I've actually asked this to Joe before. I, I, I don't know in what capacity, whether it's in person or, or through a podcast. Have you done anything in the in like the past 12 months, uh, whether that be like action wise or, or routine wise or I guess even like introspectively thought process wise about life that you didn't do previously that you wish you did? So essentially one thing you do now in the last year that you perhaps never did before, but you're so glad you're doing because I remember Joe's answer to this question was that you and him didn't used to have like people round a lot or, or or you weren't doing a lot of social occasions or him maybe as an individual wasn't doing a lot of socializing um outside of work and he said the one thing he's grateful for now is that how social he's become 
in friendship groups. So again, basically the question to ask you, what would be the one thing you do that you never did previously? Setting boundaries. Yeah, in in the form of, of business or just in general, including like friendships as well? Um, I'd say a mixture of the, of the two. So like for me this year, I've kind of stepped back a little bit from like my own personal like DMs um, mm. and kind of just, just yeah, I say literally set those boundaries and gone to you know what, I'm not going to just make myself so available all the time because yeah. there comes a point where... This like what I call like this toxic availability where like you've always got to be available. You've always got to reply fast. You've always got to, and it's like that actually, it's like, imagine like you're constantly like tapping, like you know, you're tapping like a hot stove, like mm. tapping, tapping. it's going to point that your finger's going to be fucking burnt. And like, yeah. that's kind of how I felt with trying to like keep up and be the people pleaser and like apply to everyone and do everything. And like, I felt, I found myself like trying to people please and actually not getting anywhere spinning my wheels and then actually when I got to the end of last year it was my birthday and I had um it was like my core friends like normal home friends there's like three of them together just four of us and like I sat there and I was like nearly in tears and I was like this is what I want and need like to spend Mm. with like my home friends and like have enough and actually be able to be available for them like I was trying to be available for everyone and anyone at the expense of people close to me and and I've really missed that so like putting those boundaries in place and going you know what I'm not going to put this pressure on myself to look at my personal dms on top of podcast instagram compact instagram like emails everything like that I was like they come they everyone has I guess their their threshold of where like their tolerance is and I thought you know what I need to kind of pull back because like you know, I speak more to my friends at home than I have done in years. And it feels really good. Like, and it feels nice because I can talk to them about things. Like I can talk to them about anything and everything. And they'll yeah. do honestly. And yes, I'm still not seeing them all the time. But like, just to actually have the mental headspace to be a bit more available on my WhatsApp for my close friends at home. It's mad, like the difference that's made to me personally and I think that's something that like at the expense of obviously like the business bodybuilding like it kind of had it pulled me away from them because I was Jeremy and I was focusing on like doing trying to do small talk trying to reply to everyone and like not come across rude but actually I wasn't showing up for the people that were closest to me and the ones that I actually deep you know deep down on I care about them more than I do other people like and that's absolutely yeah yeah but I I think there's such merit to that because I was listening again another podcast yesterday that spoke about something similar this is like through your goals to be a competitor your goals to be a business owner it's you're making these huge strides and progress in both and and getting to such an elite level with both um obviously winning awards for business and winning awards in competitions for bodybuilding but it's like if you were to like self-analyze and sort of go back to like what is my goal? Is my goal to be so good at something that essentially draws me further away from the friends that I actually hold dearest? Because if that's the case, then why am I pouring so much effort into my business and competing? But then I'm going, oh shit, I'm actually further away from those friends that I want to be with the most. So it's, it's, and I'm, I can be quite like this from a business point of view too. And I think it's sometimes you've got to 
look at things especially as a business owner like yourself and be like okay yeah i'm doing so well in this i'm doing so well in competing and then you're looking at this other part of your life that you were probably like working towards being like actually no i want to work towards being a really good friend as well and if i'm constantly pouring all my effort into these two things am i potentially pulling all my effort away from that thing over there as well and it is it is a huge balancing act as well and has the has the combination of all those three because i remember i think last year you whatsapped your new number out and uh, i know you weren't giving that number to a lot of people because your your number was probably or your old number was probably in the hands of a lot of people which made you again emotionally available easily contactable to a lot of people that you maybe didn't want to contact on a daily basis whether it be business or whether it be personal um have you in recent months or the last year reached a point of burnout um where you've been like you know like i am tapping this drum so damn hard that i am done with oh like have you would, would you say you've reached like a pinnacle of like meh um through over socializing and again overuse of social media because i know you use social media a lot less now as well don't you i think you was, I, I was still trying to piece together like where i've kind of i guess like don't want to say like gone wrong but like you know where i've kind of had yeah. to like learn where like how i balance all this and how i do this thing called life and i think everyone has to yeah. do that within their own space it's like you know how do i show up for my nine to five job while doing competing while maybe being like you know yeah. moment like you know, everyone's got their own kind of like like deck of cards that they're gonna absolutely have to find, yeah. like, balance and pull back and hop, like all that sort of thing so for me i think i found that what i found hard actually was trying to figure out the balance between when the show season kicks off and i've said this before like you know you mean usually if you work a Saturday Sunday like a hair, as a hairdresser you have Monday Tuesday off what yeah. I was doing was working the Saturday Sunday or whatever or doing the Saturday or Friday Saturday for example Sunday will be total wipeout but then I still wouldn't have like downtime on Monday Tuesday I'll just go straight into it and then yeah. I felt like constantly tired and exhausted I just weren't ref- I weren't filling my cup up properly and I thought I was I thought yeah. it was, but actually I've no I've realized there's a massive difference between physically feeling rested and mentally feeling rested. Physically yeah. feeling rested, I'm actually I feel like I'm not too bad at it's the mental rest. Yeah. That I find hard. Because I could you, I could literally sit still, but my mind yeah. was still going and that's exhausting. If that yeah. makes sense. Do you, do you feel like constantly trying to get back to WhatsApp messages and Instagram messages was a part of the, I guess, almost the guilt that comes with that, maybe feeling like you need to reply straight away and need to reply at 9 p.m. at night. Do you think that that was pushing you further towards like, oh, like I'm starting to feel mentally drained? I think so, because then I was I, I was always just look, think about all the things I had to get done, like all the tasks. Yeah. And I find that I'd try and get through this list to do it. And it would just it would just keep filling up, filling up, filling up, filling up. And then it was all these things like. I just for me I just don't think I was organizing my life properly I wasn't yeah. like my organization my structure my routine wasn't actually it was good in some ways but that actually it needed a bit of like reviewing <laughs> yeah I think that says a lot about like you as a person though because I think for someone to analyze their situation and be like okay I'm like really smashing work I'm really smashing bodybuilding hard but you know I'm actually worried about like the effort I'm giving my friends or the effort I'm giving my relationship or, or if someone has kids, the effort they're giving their family at home. And it's 
if you can emotionally analyze that, it's because you care about all of those things and therefore actually having that admiration for everything in your life, being at family, being at competing, being at uh, work and owning a business like you. It is such a balancing act. And I think in the past few months, um, especially being your friend and, and knowing sort of the ins and outs of your mind on, on a day to day basis. Uh, when we talk, it's like I think you've done such a good job of balancing everything like that being a wife, that being a, a competitor, especially since the new year um that being a business owner uh being a friend who hosts people at her house like that's a lot of things to be juggling at one time and i'd say you've done a pretty damn good job i mean i know if i was trying to balance running my business that i do slash um my relationship slash hosting people at my house like on on a monthly basis for for a weekend and and then perhaps speaking to long-term friends over the phone that I haven't spoke to from, you know, when I was back home or whatever, I think I'd be absolutely emotionally drained on a day-to-day basis. So I think that, I think it says absolute wonders about you, my friend, that you, you're in a position where you go, you know what, I've done a pretty good job, actually. I appreciate that because like, sometimes when I'm having these like blips, I in my head I'm always like, oh God, like, I wonder what people must be thinking about me now because like, I do. I think I am very vocal when I am feeling rough and I am having. I am having a hard time. I like. I can't hide it. I, I yeah. can't hide when like I'm feeling crap. And I always think, am I being too like open about it or like? Do you know what I mean? Because you don't want to come across as if you're being like negative. But like, I know that like I've had. You know, this is a cycle that I've been through before. But yeah. I, you know what? It can't just fucking be me that that goes through this. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> I I think I think I mean I maybe speak for myself here, but I think I appreciate if you know when you're if I've sent you a message say on X day and then three days later you go hey mate sorry for the reply uh, the late reply the first thing I always say in the message back to you is I say number one don't reply don't say sorry for taking- <laughs> yeah don't, number one don't reply I don't want to talk to you um, but like don't apologize for not replying because I'm not. I, and I'm again, I hope I speak for everyone else. I don't think anyone sat at the end of the phone going like, now Jazz is such a bitch. She's taken three days to reply. Oh, she's read it as well. Like, I think as time goes on, I think more and more people should be of that mindset. You look like, you know what? I'm not ready to reply to this message. Like emotionally, I feel a bit drained or I just need some time to myself. And I appreciate you when you're like, Hey, sorry, job. It's taken a, a long time to reply. I've just couldn't be fucking ass, and I felt a bit bleh. And I'm like, yeah, good. Like, don't reply if you feel like that. Like, absolutely, because I think, and I think the one thing that's come out of like the whole lockdown and COVID thing is I do think people are, are being and rightly so a little bit more selfish, but in a good way. Like, I think people are realizing their boundaries, like you said, than the things you've set this year, and what those boundaries are, because they probably do make you a happier person to not constantly be switched on to social media or constantly replying to messages of friends and things like that um which is why the birthday present that i got you was actually uh, a burnout survival kit and right. uh I just finished it yesterday <laughs> did you it was the weirdest timing i sat there like i said like, oh i finished it and i thought oh my god i got the podcast tomorrow it was like perfect timing i'm gonna read it again though but it's interesting you mentioned that because when i um the first thing I always say, and I haven't said to you that it's my fault, but I always say to like friends, if it's a WhatsApp, I know it's not urgent. If something's yeah. urgent, you call me. If you if someone calls me, I'm like, shit, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pick up and I know I need to like 
It doesn't matter. I need to stop. If it's WhatsApp, I know it's not urgent. And yeah. I have that little routine. And it's a really good, like, kind of tactic because then you kind of know. But also, like, when I put um, the story out there on my personal, like, saying, you know, I'm taking a step back and doing this, doing that, it's interesting the response I got. And I had someone mm. WhatsApp me being like, oh, you know, like, I'd, oh, what was it? I need to try and find it. But basically was a, it was like assuming to the fact that like she wished she could do it. Um, oh, really? So almost that they felt guilty for doing something like that and therefore they wouldn't do it. Oh, where is it? I need to try and find it. So yeah, um, she goes, hey, babes, honestly, I need to do something like that. I just end up feeling so bad. I know it's okay not to respond, but it plays on my mind, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I just said to her, if you don't respect your own boundaries, then no one else is going to. Like, you've got yeah. to like, stop trying to be a people pleaser because that is actually what is stopping you from breaking this cycle. And that's where, like, I felt I was at. Um, yeah. It's tough. Like, it is hard because, you know, I don't want to come across as being rude. and But at the same time, when you keep doing the same cycle, you have to go, okay, I need to, I need to, I need to shake this up. And like, I probably will get to a really good spot where I'll be able to kind of be a bit more available again. But the beauty of it, what it was hilarious. I put on my stories that I was doing, I've been doing this thing this whole year. The day after I had stuff going on with like my gran and stuff where like I ended up having to like drop everything within an hour and just become a full-time carer for the for the whole week and from Thursday yeah. Saturday Sunday and I just sat there kind of laughing going like there's the beauty of that timing where I have to drop everything and just go nope and it just reminded me of like the reason why I'm doing it and yeah. even I was speaking to a friend a little while uh, a couple of weeks ago um, and she was like oh honestly Jazz like thanks so much for like I was really like whatsapping like back and forth with a lot of stuff she was going through and you know what I felt bloody good to sit there how many weeks out I was preppy as hell but still able to show up like that and I thought yeah. well if I wouldn't have put the boundary in place in this other area then I probably wouldn't have been able to show up and she probably felt like she wouldn't have been able to come to me because she'd be like oh Jasmine's too busy or Jasmine's too this whereas like it, it I've already started to see like so many positive benefits of like the changes that I've done so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I I think I think the the boundary setting thing just for, for general happiness and, and like you said like being able to be in a situation where like you said you had to sort of be called to action to take care of you know your ground and things like that is what like you said why you set those boundaries because if you had this existing guilt that you had to reply to friends or had to reply to business messages straight away you in the back of your mind wouldn't have been able to put that 100% effort into taking care of one of your loved ones because in the back of your mind you would have been like fuck I've still got that message to reply to and I've still got that business thing to sort out whereas now you're at this point where you can go you know what that doesn't need to be sorted right now this is a little bit more important I can pour all my effort into that um and again I think that's one of the the, the most awesome things uh, from an I guess an evolutionary standpoint I've seen in you as a person especially in the in the last few months is just that ability to adapt on the fly and not be too worried about it and just be kind of go with I know it's such a cliche thing but go with the flow um but 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 again that's the reason I mean the burnout survival kit book that I mentioned and I highly recommend it to anyone who just struggles with sometimes feeling mentally fatigued quite often or feels like they're on the edge of burnout. Um, I got that for jazz because I remember 
I don't know what the situation was, but I was like, I remember, I think I was with Kirkham and I was like, I want to get Jazz a present, but I don't want to get her like, oh, here's this protein powder because I know you like cool. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I want to get her something where she's going to like look at it and be like, you know what? Like, this is fucking really thoughtful or yeah, this is it. really helpful. And um, and I'd read the book already and I was like, you know what? I'm going to reread it and I'm going to uh, literally make notes as if I'm sat there <laughs> reading it to her uh and, and just that be the present and um but I'm glad I did it because I didn't it lead to one of the the most exciting things you've done you went to that um exhibition or, or what, it, what what would you call it um so yeah it's an artist called Yeo Kushima who I've been obsessed with for at least 15 years and I've like wanted to go to one of her exhibitions forever and because of lockdown and like how like it's so hard to get a ticket I remember like trying to get a ticket and I like, he said, right, it's going to go live at 12 p.m. And they're going to do an email shootout. And I literally watched the clock, went on the email. They're like, you're in the queue of 10,000. I was like, well, I've got no. 10,000. <laughs> I remember reading your book, reading the book um, and reading the chats I got to. And like, I just can't remember what the comment was, but a comment that you mentioned reminded me of, oh, I'm going to have a look and see whether like I can get booked in. And like, mm. I actually like was able to and it was sick like it was so good but also like I want to quickly go back on something you mentioned about like availability people can wait and stuff because one thing I've found has been really helpful because I've it's by having these boundaries in place I've actually probably been able to be the most productive like when I am on social media so instead of like scrolling or dawdling like I go in and go out like obviously it's not just me that handles compact dms which is super super helpful but like be able to actually like go in focus get because I know that my priority is that is the compact page is the podcast page boom done instead of me going oh crap I've got the personal one to deal with as well it was just I was constantly like floating and then not really getting like being productive and getting everything done so it's been so good from a productivity point of view because I go straight into it, focus, boom, done, out. And it's so yeah. much better every single day. And it feels like I'm like, instead of this massive task, it's like just it, it's become fun again for me. Yeah. Do it's- you um do you have a timer set for your usage on like Instagram or anything like that? Like it? No. Okay. So that that's actually one thing. I mean, we were in America at the same time while you were in textiles in Florida and um I was I don't know what was going on at the time but I was struggling with Instagram I was like oh god it's stressing me out somehow and uh, I set a timer and I think mine's like an hour a day but it literally enforced me to stop scrolling oh. uh, and it, honestly for you to be able to do that without a timer is pretty pretty admirable because I know I literally had to have my phone tell me yo you fucking used an hour of this shit today get off and I'd be like okay <laughs> no looking at uh, people's Instagrams today um so that's pretty damn good have you have you ever noticed any like really distinct um negative outcomes of like scrolling instagram or anything like that or or negative emotions whether it be like imposter syndrome or or whatever it may be um not lately no would you say jasmine of past perhaps would have yeah, when I was going, when I had that really shit post-show experience and like my off-season, like I had a really bad time. I remember, yeah. um, like, I remember there was a point where I couldn't look, I was strong. It was really hard because 
I was having to show up on Compaq um, while at the same time struggling with my own body image. So this was like yeah. 2018, 2019. But I remember like really struggling when I was having a difficult post-show with my own stuff. And usually, mm. you'd, like, you know, you, you, if you were just a competitor, you would be able to just con- you know, shut that down or unfollow accounts or completely pull yourself away. Whereas I was having to deal with that stuff that I was going through at the time while still being in the industry and still having to expose myself. That was quite an interesting yeah. kind of thing to go through. Um, but these days, like, no, like even like, it's so annoying. I looked at one food recipe thing on Reels and suddenly it just starts throwing me loads of real like food stuff. I'm like, no, I just wanted to see one thing. I just I looked at it for two <laughs> seconds and now it's shoving me loads of stuff. And I had to literally like go to Instagram like, I do not want to see this. Like, no. <laughs> That so algorithm weird. got you, mate. That algorithm got you. <laughs> Same with TikTok. I looked at one thing for like a second and suddenly it's like, oh, you want to see this? I'm like, no, I just want to see one of them. I don't want to see loads of stuff. I'm just like, oh, yeah. this is so annoying. It's, um, it does interest me. It's like, if I mean, if I say the word pizza now, I'll probably log onto my phone after this podcast and there'd be like an ad for Domino's or something. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> that aspect is definitely scary. <laughs> they can see you <laughs> <laughs> do you um i know i know i asked a similar question um uh not so long ago in in this episode do you have like a an ideal day or thing you want to do after this competitive season is over whether that be like related to bodybuilding like oh i just want to go and do an untrapped session or anything like uh i mean i know the answer because i've <laughs> i've asked you this question already in person but i know there's like one thing you're looking forward to having post show that isn't perhaps um what most people would probably have post show um but is, is that the co- yeah it's the coconut water yeah yeah <laughs> is there like one thing you're specifically looking forward to doing um once you're done with this competitive season it's interesting because usually i'm like I can think of stuff where I think at the moment because my season's very up in the air in the sense yeah. that like, I have two shows on my radar and then after that I have no I have no idea whether that'll be it or whether we'll do more like I definitely know that I want me and Joe to like go away somewhere I want to go on holiday yeah. um yeah but when that happens I I just have no idea like we've just put planning permission for like the house so there should be some change that happens to the house soon yeah um but now it's weird because usually i would kind of would i would be thinking of like these sort of things but i was we're strange at the moment i'm not i can't really think of anything i think that though again comes back to you having such a well-led flexible prep up until this point where perhaps usually a competitor at this point would be like, oh, okay, I want to go for a burger or I want to have this this Domino's post-show or go out for a meal. But I think because you were so good with the flexibility you put into the prep, maybe you're just at this point now where you're like, you know what, I've kind of like, I went to Texas in December, I was pretty flexible over there, I ate some good food, I chilled out. So maybe you're just at this point now where you're like, you haven't been so far the other end mentally in terms of like restriction or or even like, because we're only just in March and say, when did you go to Texas? That was the beginning of December, right? Yeah. So it's been what, three months and maybe just over the course of three months, being the level of competitor you are now as well, you're just at this point where you're like, you know what, like 
mentally i'm pretty just ready to keep grinding and i'm not been that restricted up to this point so it's so. again go on yeah i i like i hope so joy every single time i get to like this level of leanness because like oh yeah i've had post-shows experiences that have gone terrible i've had post-show mm. experiences that have gone okay i've had post-show yeah. experiences that have gone amazing so it's like but every I, it's been hard to kind of find like a correlation with me because every single post-show there's been different challenges and different things and I've reacted in different ways so like yeah. I re- you know I do hope that I'm sure it will be great and I'm sure it will like be fine but yeah I, I'll be totally honest I still have that part like in the back of my head going like oh is this going to be a 2018 post-show but it, it's never come yeah. back but I think my yeah. brain has this panic like oh like like that worry still um yeah whereas like I don't know. I think, do you think that could be down to the fact that because, like you said, that was probably the worst experience you've had post show? Just, I guess, mentally, you're just like, well, everything beyond that is a plus. So, but my mind is always going to be back to what was the worst experience post show and will I go back there? Because ultimately, it, it's like the saying, isn't it? It's like one bad comment out of 99 positive comments are always going to stand out more than the positive comments. And it's like one bad post show experience is probably going to always stand out more than all the good ones you've had since then or previous to that. Um, but again, I think that just comes from like competing experience. And I think to get, like I said, and I've said this many times in this episode, to get through the prep that you have thus far, being flexible, where you, do you think you could have done that before? Or, or do you think you would have need to have been a bit more rigid? No, do you know what? I was thinking about this prep and I was like, if I had to have done a meal plan from the beginning, I would have, I would have tapped out ages ago. I would have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that is power in itself because now, you know, if you were, you know, you get the the, the bug to do it, say again, compete next year or the year after, whatever it may be um you know you you work really well with a flexible starting position so yeah. it again it, it it's experience that you're just building i guess through competition in itself um i know we're coming to the end of this episode mate so i've got a uh, uh, one or two questions to ask you before oh. we before we sign off and they're going to be very like quick fire um so first one being is there do you have a favorite day slash evening that you have experienced in the last 12 months and what would that be or a favorite moment in general <laughs> the reaction the hand on the head the sigh the, oh. i'm not gonna lie dallas was fucking funny yeah do you oh. did you have a favorite moment from that trip um me and Tony, right so everyone else has been serious bodybuilders right they're all trying to you know do their meals and train and do this and i just sat there and i went fuck this i was like right i'm going to downtown dallas i was like tony you come with me she's like yeah i was like great <laughs> So like, I just left everyone to just do their bodybuilder thing because I was on a deload anyway. So I was like, I don't get yeah. So like me and Tony just like shot it off and just left everyone to it. But God, that was like, I said this to Tony, I've said it so many times, like that was like the best day of like the year last year. Really? Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Like, we just put the world to rights. So we we're just walking around Dallas, had no idea where we we're going, did this really cool museum, had a giggle, like a proper like girly time. I had yeah. a great, like I had a few drinks somewhere. Um and just switched just fully switched off and just in an immersive place. Like that was hands down, like, yeah, the best, the best day. Cause it was it it's just nice that I just it sounds awful, but like everyone has a really stressful day because like the tan like <laughs> was sitting there for ages. And I'm like, I'm so glad I just did whatever I wanted to do. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's awful. But like, it was just, today it was just a really nice moment. I could see like everyone was still trying, to, you know, they were trying to get the meals in at this time and train and do this and do that and stick to their routine. And I was just like, nah, I don't want to do this. I was like, Tony, yeah. let's just go. I was like, let's just go, whatever. She goes, where are we going? I'm like, I don't know. I put, I put a random location in Uber. No garage. That like, is amazing. That is- <laughs> I love that. I'm just going to get away from the stress. I'm going to go somewhere else. <laughs> I, just went, I just went, I was like, oh, fuck, oh, I'm just I was like, nah. Like, oh, shout, shout out to Tony as well. I'm going to give her a little plug here. Uh, Luna underscore C underscore creations on Instagram. Yeah. Um, she is doing orders uh, and taking inquiries for bespoke, I hope I pronounce this right, macrame? Macrame? I can't, I can't say the word. Macrame? <laughs> Macaroni? Um, but bespoke made, uh, handmade posing suits and all individual pieces. So anyone, uh, looking for that, please do get in contact with her because she is a legend. Um, but we only have one minute of this podcast, mate. So I will leave the graciousness in your hands to, uh, oh to send God. the listeners on their merry way. I love it. It's been sick. It's been so good, but we're going to have <laughs> into another meeting to actually like round this up between me and you, but I hope yes, we will. <laughs> I've enjoyed this. Joppo really needs to get his own podcast and hoping he will at some point, but he's this, a- this is a, this is a face for radio. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. But yeah. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Tag us both. I'm going to leave Joppo's details as well down below so you can give him a follow. And yeah, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Awesome. Thank you for having me, mate. It's been bloody lovely.